Welcome to Whole Work, the podcast by and for people who work from home. I am your host, Dave Killow, and I am joined by Harry Martz. This is episode number 260, and we're talking about cleaning up your computer and devices. Now, if you like the show, join our Discord to chat with us. Like-minded homeworkers, listen along as we record the show and grab Discord exclusives like worksheets and more. You'll find a link in the show notes. Additionally, you can reach us by mail at heyhomeworkpodcast at gmail.com. We read and respond to everyone. Now, let's get started. How are you doing, Harry? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing very, very well. I'm excited because I'm about to order a big box of bees. Very nice. And, and is this for any particular reason? Or are you releasing them into a studio audience like Oprah? I am going to terrorize a studio full of people. No, I've always wanted to to keep bees, and I've decided that's going to be my 2021 hobby. Nice. So I've got a whole bunch of bee stuff between Christmas and my birthday, and now I'm about to order bees. Here's what's a crazy thing. You can get a box of 3,000 bees in the mail. They can ship anything these days. So I'm I'm very looking forward to walking down to the post office and... Uh, getting my box of living bees. Um, That's great. I saw the picture you posted a couple of weeks ago of you in your beekeeper outfit. And my crazy outfit. I know I'm like one of those crazy people and I got the smoker and everything, but very cool. Um, uh, this isn't bee talk. And believe me, I can tell you from firsthand experience, there are many beekeeping podcasts. I'm, I do, I don't doubt it at all. I, I completely <laughs> believe that there are thousands of beekeeping podcasts out there. <laughs> But before this turns into the next one, I'll ask you, what have you been up to this week? Um, well, I got my new Myla Task chair uh, that I... Ooh, now, what do you think uh, of it? It's or, nice. It's, or, or am I spoiling Tool of the Week by asking it's, you? No, 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 no. This is not my Tool of the Week. It's a, it's a nice okay, chair. Good. It's much more low profile than the old executive office chair that I had on casters. Big, you know, fake leather um, with a high back to it. Uh, that you might see in a conference room. So it replaced that. It's low profile, low back to it, um, nice and comfortable and easy to put together. It cost me, it was like $135 on Wayfair. Um, but I had seen it in a couple of different um, minimal setup videos on YouTube and, and posts on Instagram and things. And I was just like, that's the aesthetic I really want. It's very like mid-century modern kind of 1950s, 1960s aesthetic. So it's a nice light nice. brown leather, really pretty. And I enjoy it. It's nice. Super, super. Um, well, we did tease Tool of the Week, and I think we should probably get to it. Yes, my Tool of the Week is called Unclack. And if you are oh. someone who uh, likes to type on Zoom calls or podcasts, as Dave has been discussed with before, uh, and you, you have a mechanical <laughs> keyboard especially, and you hear the cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha over the thing, what it does, Unclack, listens for that and mutes you while you're typing. And then when you are done typing, it, oh, look at that. it unmutes you. It's a free application. It's an unclack.app. It's a little plugin that goes on your Mac. And it's great. It works in Zoom, Microsoft Teams, you know, whatever you're using to talk to people. It just listens for that, the clickety-clack of your keyboard and then mutes you. And then unmutes you when you're done typing. Boy, that is super useful. I'm talking about something that a huge number of people could use right now. Yep, absolutely. As soon as I saw it, I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> Yes, I've been pulled into HR for a conversation about typing during podcasts, so that's for me. My tool of the week is Craft, again, because we've been using it more extensively, mm -hmm. and there are a couple features that I really like that I wanted to chit-chat about. Um, the first is um, the View Document Activity 
button. So when you're sharing a document and you're collaborating with someone else, like Harry and I do, when we're planning episodes of the show, you know, we're both contributing to a page, uh, the show notes and ideas and thoughts and stuff that we want to discuss. Now, I've noticed recently that you can click the view document activity buttons right here in the upper right hand side, and it will show you recent activity on the currently selected sheet or page, whatever they call it. You can see who made the change, what time they made it, how many changes were made, what um, platform they were using, Mac versus mobile. It's really, really cool. Nice. For instance, if I pull up the document we have open for this show, um, it says that you most recently uh, used your Mac to make these changes, and it actually color codes you as red and me as orange, at least on my computer. And we'll put a little color-coded bar next to the section of document that that person edited. Um, really, really super useful. And I can see if you were collaborating on a big text document, say a policy or policies procedure manual for where you work or some other thing like that. Yeah. Boy, this would be very, very useful to see. Okay, I need to see the changes Jane made. And bam, with a click... The color code shows you exactly the blocks she changed and when she changed each one. So that's very, very useful. I'm uh, enjoying that quite a bit. And again, we're using the free version. With the pro version, there's even more um, activity tracking that you can take advantage of. The second thing I'm really liking is tabs. Now, I know tabs are not new. Um, everything from your favorite text editor to you know, the Mac OS Finder has tabs now, but I still really liked it. So you can open tabs just like you do in a browser. You can slide them back and forth. You can hop between tabs. Um, you can double click to go full screen. So if you have more than one document open, like we always have, you know, the opening script for the show and then our show notes for the show. Right. Um, it's great. I can just simply tab between the two of them and get to what I want. So uh, Craft is my ongoing tool of the week. Um, I've been playing with it pretty extensively since we first mentioned it in the start of January. And uh, I'm liking it more and more. Excellent. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying craft. It's it's very similar to Notion in a lot of ways in that you you do everything in blocks. And what I like about it is it's native. It's a native Mac mm -hmm. app. It's a native iOS app, and it doesn't feel like you're using a web app in a wrapper. It's it's yeah. very zippy, very fast. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's it's throttling itself the way Notion does a lot of the time. And I still like Notion, but I'm really enjoying the way Craft does things. Yeah, me too. It's pretty good. So I think it's time to get onto the topic at hand. Now, if you were listening along last week, you know we were talking about cleaning up our physical workspaces as well as cleaning up our minds a little bit for the new year. Mm -hmm. But this year, we're going to talk about cleaning up our computers and devices. This is an often overlooked task that really is important. It ought not to be overlooked. It ought to be looked. What's the, what's the opposite of overlooked? Looked? Underlooked. <laughs> underlooked. Please underlook the idea of organizing your computers and devices so we're going to talk about apps talk about notes documents and files of course we'll talk about passwords because that's very very important at the end we'll at the end we'll have grab bag of other stuff that yep. we can talk about so let's talk about apps specifically harry app glut yeah this is something that i always struggle with and usually when i get a new device or uh my i've been running not when i get a new device really when i i've been running a device for a long time like my last macbook air i had it for five years 
and it was slowing down and I was losing storage left and right. And a lot of that comes down to just apps that I may have downloaded to try out and forgot about and they let, stayed mm -hmm. on my system and I forgot to get rid of them. And so uh, one thing you can do if you find yourself with a lot of app glut is you can go through your your applications list, but if you have hundreds of applications on your system, you know, to go through one by one and say, eh, I don't need that or I do need that. It's easier if you're on a Mac to use, and I think a lot of our solutions tonight are going to be Mac focused because that's what we use. Um, mm -hmm. You can go into Screen Time. If you have Screen Time set up, Screen Time will show you how often you use an app. Um, it can show you for the last day and for the last week. I don't believe it goes beyond. It might go to month or year, but I. I I'm not entirely sure, but you can at least see for the last week what apps did you use and how often did you use them and mm -hmm. you know, go to the bottom of that list to the apps that you ha you never touched and work your way up and see, you know, do I need this? And, you know, if you realize that you don't need that weird one-off word processor you downloaded because it was recommended on a blog, get rid of it. And if you do get rid of it, uh, that brings us to our next piece, which is Clean My Mac. Clean My Mac has a function built in that will uninstall the app and pull all of the little bits and pieces that it scatters around your hard drive, like logs and cache files and libraries and all sorts of things. And it'll pull them out for you and remove that because that's where a lot of the glut comes from or all the little dribs and drabs that the applications leave on your system when you install them. Yeah, a couple of things here that are really, really cool about both of these solutions. They're hands off. Yeah. You don't have to spend time going through, oh, which apps am I not using and think about it or do things manually. Like I've seen people say, oh, on your phone, as you use an app, move it to, to the front screen. As you don't use it, move it to let it sort of, you know, move its way to the back. That's cool, but that takes time and effort and I'm going to forget to do it. Um, both of these provide you that list all on their own. Um, what I really, this is a little thing that I absolutely love about Clean My Mac, but at some point you'll be running the cleaning scripts and you might need to quit a few apps so that it can do what it needs to do. Mm -hmm. So you quit them and then when it's done doing what it needs to do, it relaunches them for you. And I think that's just so courteous. Yep, <laughs> it's absolutely. unnecessary, but boy, is it nice. Oh, look, Chrome is open again. Mail is open again. Thank you, Clean My Mac, for doing that for me. And if you if you use SetApp, which is a subscription service, so it's like 10 bucks a month. It's more if you want to use the iOS versions of apps. So, for example, I have Ulysses on my Mac and my iPad and my iPhone, so I spend $15 a month, but I can get the iOS licenses as well. So I get the subscription to all of Ulysses. So if you do that, it's like $15 a month. But Clean My Mac is part of SetApp, and SetApp also has a built-in uninstaller. So when you install an application through SetApp, it puts a separate folder in your application folder called setup and inside are all the setup apps you installed and if you don't want one anymore you go into the setup app it's very confusing and i'm sorry but you go into the, <laughs> you go into setup you locate the application in the store and then you uninstall it and it does it does the same thing clean my mac does it pulls all the stuff off your hard drive and it deletes it for you very very nice um there's lots of ways to do this and lots of apps that can get the thing done for you but these are three that Harry and I use and genuinely like. So yeah, we certainly recommend going and checking them out. Yeah. And oh. and if you're if you're running a new system like, you know, when I got my new MacBook, I I really thought about just bringing my old system over the way I had it with all my settings and all my apps and mm -hmm. everything. And I was like, ah, you know what? This is a brand new system. I don't want to clutter it up. I don't want to clog it up and and run into the same problems I had. So I really did it as a new a brand new computer, never been touched. And so mm -hmm. I installed everything as I needed it. And that 
I think really going forward is is how I'm going to do at least my laptops. I don't do that on my iPhone and I don't do it on my iPad. I always restore from backup because my phone, I have it every day. It's I have everything set up exactly the way I want it, all my apps where they need to be. And so mm-hmm. that I always restore from backup from the previous phone because I, I need it to just pick up where I left off basically. But with my Mac, I, it's very deliberate how I, I set everything up. And so I want to make sure that I'm only installing what I absolutely need to install. Um, this is an aside, but new Mac, what's the first piece of software you put on it? I would have to say it's it's either Ulysses or Scrivener. Uh, probably yeah. Ulysses because I, I'm in it every single day for Aaron's podcast. So that's probably the first thing I install. And then Drafts and uh, Hey and all of my you know my my little email apps and and things but yeah ulysses is probably the first thing that gets installed nice well uh next we're going to talk about notes now you have i would say you probably make more extensive use of notes than i do um i i can guess one title that's going to be on your list and that's not because i can see the list but because i know you um so i'll let you talk about those there's really two on this list that i use religiously so i'll talk about them first real quick if that's okay yeah go for it i love notion as anyone who listens to the show knows um it lives on my mac and on my phone and i use it from everything for to do's to i've been trying to use it for um projects almost like i would set up a project in a bullet journal where i want to have all the information live in that one spot like right now i'm well make a long story short let's just say the enter the enterprise rent a car issue is happening and so i made a page in notion with all of that information like the phone numbers the names of the people at the other end of the phone number the policy number Mm. all this information that i want to know just lives in that one spot and I've had a couple phone calls today and I was able to just add note blocks to that page as I was talking. So I can have, again, everything live in one spot because anyone who listens to the show knows I love to have everything live in one spot. So Notion is something I definitely use. And a former tool of the week, Tot from Icon Factory, that's T-O-T-T uh, from Icon Factory, is simply, it's like a... I don't know. It's like a a, it's a, scratch a better pad, really. improved scratch pad. Yeah. So you can have it live either in your dock or on your menu bar on your Mac. And there's an iOS version as well. And I think, yeah, I think there's an iPad version as well, too. I'm sure there is. I don't have an iPad, so I don't know. But you get one, two, three, four, five. So you get seven color-coded little writing spaces. You can add as much as you want up there. And I use this as a digital scratch pad all the time for everything from... <laughs> The keycap sizes on a Keychron K2, which I have in my orange tab, to the dates for D&D Club, to random little bits that I use as like a clipboard. I want to copy and paste between devices to gift ideas for my wife and the kids to I'm just clicking through here. This is random bits of nonsense. I don't even know what this is, but it's really, really super useful. You can export to all different sorts of formats. It syncs with the iOS version in the blink of an eye and um, is super, super useful. So if I'm taking notes digitally, I'm using one of those two pieces of software. Now, I know, Harry, you are in love with one, and I got to give it to you. It is a fantastic solution that starts with the letter D. 
Yes, Drafts. Drafts is my go-to notes app. Um, real quick, I'll just go into Apple Notes because it's built into your iPhone. And yeah, please you, do. If you have a Samsung, you know, there, it's, I'm sure it has its own notes app. Um, you, the default notes app usually it's fine. You, it does exactly what it, you need, you, what you need it to do. You have a, a confirmation number for an order you placed or for a mm -hmm. return you're making. You get it in there and you're done, and you don't have to worry about it. You know, it doesn't do a lot of the formatting that I like. You know, like with Markdown or LaTeX or, or what have you or Task Paper. But it it allows you to store lots of different things. And specifically with Apple Notes, you can store images. You can use, if you're on the iPad, mm -hmm. you can use Scribble and you can actually write your note out and it'll transfer it'll transform it into um, uh, typed out text. Um, it does OCR. So you can do, you can search the contents of an image and um, you can then see the what's, you know, if you're searching for uh, like you, you took a, a picture of a flyer and you want to remember um, what was in that flyer. You can't remember exactly. Mm -hmm. You remember like one word, you can type that word in the search bar and it'll find it in the image. Um, so that yeah, that's and so it, useful. It's really great. And it does do formatting, bold, italic, underline links. So that's, that's fine. But it, it also, there's, there's a lot of stuff it doesn't do. It doesn't do certain actions the way drafts does. So I'll go. I'll go mm -hmm. into drafts. Um, drafts is a. It's a. It's a word processor really, but it's a word processor disguised as a notes app. So yeah. with drafts, you can set up workspaces. So I have a homework workspace where I put the show notes and the tw uh, the tweets that go out every week, and then I have a workspace for cabinet where I might store ideas for stories, or I might start a draft in there before it goes into Ulysses. And I have workspaces for all sorts of my blog. I write all my blog posts in draft. Um, so. You know, from the workspaces, you create each note as its own draft. And then when you're done with the draft, you can do different things from it. So for example, I've been tweeting a lot from drafts because I didn't want to be in the Twitter app. So if I have something I want to say, I'll write a tweet in a draft and then I'll use the tweet action to automatically post it to my Twitter account. So, hmm. you, and if you go to the, the drafts directory, there are tons of automations people have set up that allow drafts to do a lot of different things. I used to post to my blog when it was on WordPress from drafts. It would just load right into draft, uh, right into WordPress from drafts using a post to WordPress action. So there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with drafts. You can post to Evernote. You can send it to a te uh, text message. You can send it to all different apps as long as it plugs in. It's a, it uses a URL scheme to pass the notes along. So it's it, almost any app can use it. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend drafts. And if you go back to some of our previous episodes um, where we've talked about uh, specifically about note-taking apps and word processors, go back and listen to those because we go into major detail on that. Um, and then mm. moving along, there are apps like GoodNotes and Notability, which are sort of like endless notepads kind of thing. So with Notability yeah. specifically, I used Notability back when I was... Um, first got it first got started with the iPad because what it does is you will you can record what's going on in the room and take notes and as you take notes it syncs up the audio to what you were taking notes of at the time so for example if you're in a lecture hall and you're taking notes from the professor as they're talking you can go back into your notes and then play what they were talking about when you were taking that note so it's it's all time synced up it's really cool and i i used to um when I was a legal marketer at a one law firm, we had a vendor come in, our web developer came in and was doing notes in GoodNotes, which is very, if, you, if you're familiar with Mike Rohde and his um, sketch notes, you can draw notes, you can write out notes and, and everything, and it's sort of like an endless notepad. So you just keep moving the, the screen up and up and up, and you can just keep adding notes to it um, that way. So that's another way uh, to take notes, another app that'll let you take notes in a, in a different way. Nice. Do you remember, oh God, you mentioned composing tweets in drafts and sending them out. Remember Birdhouse? I do remember Birdhouse. Oh my goodness. I used to love that little app. The whole idea 
um, about that if you don't remember, because this was many years ago, is that you could basically like compose draft tweets and have them live there and sort them and move them around and then post them when you wanted to. I mean, it seems pretty, I don't know, I don't want to say useless, but <laughs> I guess, you know, Eddie, every Twitter app probably has a draft feature at this point. Well, back then they didn't. And this was sort of like the first thing and, oh man, I loved it. It was what so was, fun. What was nice about it, it was an extra layer of security between you and the and the, the Twitter app, basically. So, you know, what I like about drafts is I can I can compose the tweet and then sit on it if I really don't, if I'm not sure I want to post it yet. Um, I don't mm -hmm. have to tweet it right away. But if I'm in the Twitter app, I feel like if I write it, it just has to go right up. And And so I like having that extra layer of, you know, are you sure you want to send this? By using drafts instead mm -hmm. of the actual right, right. bot or something. The old days. All right. Well, let's so next on move the on. Yeah, yeah. Next on the list is um an app that um Merlin Mann made famous. I believe it's a Brett Terpstra app originally. It's called Notational Velocity, and mm -hmm. it worked essentially. It was a it took a bunch of text files and aggregated them into a little window on your Mac. So you just created a new note in the in Notational Velocity, and it was a, it was a Markdown file. It was a .md file, and it used Markdown to style it. And it really was like using a scratch pad. Like, oh, I've got this little piece of information I want to remember. I'll just throw it into Notational Velocity. And I loved that app because it did exactly what I want from a lot of the the apps now like i would love just sort of an iphone sized window of something on the right side of my screen that i could go mm. to when i needed it i don't need a full-blown app honestly drafts is that app for me i don't need a full window of drafts all the time i would love a compact version of drafts that just runs along the side and allows me to create a new draft and keep moving along um that sort of gets out of the way and that's what notational velocity does did and it's still around. It's an, I think it's an open source project. You can download it. There will be a link in the show notes. But there's a new version coming that Brett's working on called NV Ultra. I haven't seen it. It's in private beta, but it sounds like it's going to be really great. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it will, too. I mean, Brett knows what he's doing. He's taking his time with it, which is uh, super duper cool. So as soon as it comes out, we'll have to check it out. Um, limping along, we probably should mention Evernote, right? Yeah, well, Evernote just came out with a new update. Um, or I think it's out already. If it if it if it's not out already, it's coming soon. And what they did was because Evernote really has been limping along, and a lot of people have sort of abandoned the ship. But they just came out with a new feature called Home, which is essentially a dashboard that you can customize the way you want. So you can pin a note to the home screen. You can get um, you know charts of of apps or tags or things that you use all the time, and it sort of gives you like a big overview of your current Evernote library. I closed mm -hmm. my Evernote account. Um, I exported everything out, and I've sort of been going through and deleting things as necessary um, and, and transferring other things that I wanted to hold on to. And I've honestly thought about starting it up again to give it a try one more time because this wow. this new update is kind of cool. But again, the, we'll go into this later with the passwords and everything. I, I'm loathe to open a new account on a, on, an, on a website that I'm probably going to end up shutting down at some point anyway. Yeah. I've long used Evernote just as like my storage or reference stuff. Um, yeah. things I've not really, I don't look at all the time or, oh my gosh, almost if ever. And that's, that's really what Evernote is great at. You can throw anything into it. You can throw PDFs, you can throw documents, images, text, links, all of it. It'll take whatever you throw at it, um, which is what made it so valuable to a lot of people. But yeah, they, they sort of stagnated on the design and the, the development a lot. And there was this 
this point in time where they came out with this business feature. I want to say it was like a business chat or something. And every time you open the application, it would just like holler at you. Are you, have you tried business chat? Do you want to try business chat? Do you want to do it? It's like, no, just get out of my way. I, let me get to my notes. I don't want to. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was some premium thing that they were pushing. And like every time I opened the app and it was so off putting, it was part of the reason I closed the account. Right. If I want to, I'll, I'll let you know. Right. Exactly. I want to use it. Uh, a couple more obsidian. We talked about quickly, I think briefly on an earlier episode. Yeah. We, it comes up now and then I, I talked about it last week too. So obsidian yeah. and, and room research sort of fall into the same category of, of connected notes or linked notes. So they do the backlinking thing where you can essentially, it's sort of like craft does it where if you, um, you can link notes together and they, they start to show a thread and you can connect ideas and things. So it's not for the, the quick information that you want to hold on to like confirmation numbers or the number for your insurance company, um, kind of thing. It's really for, I read this book that made me think about something and I write some ideas about it down. And then as, as I read more books, I want to write those notes down and then slowly those notes all connect to each other and I start to see how they connect. And, and then from there I can take those ideas and maybe write an article about it or a blog post or just sort of expand my thinking on it. And that's really what those, those research apps are trying to do is, is to get you to connect thoughts that you might not have put together before. Yeah, then yeah, and that's the whole thing with those things. Yeah, what I what I would recommend because we gave a lot of options here, really look at what you're taking notes of throughout the day. If you're just jotting things down, you know, like to-do lists and things, maybe drafts is more your speed or even Apple Notes, or if you, you know, I need I have people recommend all these Netflix shows that I have to watch and all these movies I should be watching. So I'll keep an, a running Apple note with that inside it. Um, and I'll just add to it every time someone recommends something. Um, or maybe it's a grocery list and you have a shared grocery list between you and your spouse and you just keep adding to it as, as new things pop up. You know, really don't sign up for all of this at once and then decide, all right, well, I don't need this and I don't need this and I don't need this because it's overwhelming. Um, so really, mm -hmm. really evaluate, you know, what you're using these notes apps for and, and what your use cases are and really go from there. I, I would say no more than two or three at any given time, unless you have really specific needs or purposes for the others. Yeah. And it's funny. You mentioned like the list of things on Netflix to watch or a grocery list. There are still times where I'm coming up with a list of something and I'll even think now, where do I want to put this? Mm -hmm. And I might spend 30 or 60 seconds trying to figure out well, where do I want to store this bit of, of information and that aggravates me because i i wish i would just i would just know oh i'm gonna put it here i'm gonna put this in notion i'm gonna put this in tot i'm gonna put it wherever but i i still don't have that this is my answer every time or 99.9 percent .9 right. of the time um yeah. i don't know how to solve that <laughs> i wish i did but i don't yeah i i used drafts as a as a a a way station basically it's it's just you know somewhere quick to put something that i'll I'll probably need later and I'm not sure what to do with it yet. You know, I use Ulysses for certain things. I use Scrivener for other things that are long-term that they, they live there. Um, but draft is sort of a, a halfway point. So nothing usually stays in draft. I've actually been going in and purging a lot of things and sending them off where they need to go. Um, mm -hmm. And you can archive things in drafts, which is great. If you, if you want to hold on to it, but you don't want to see it every day, you can archive it. But really I'm, I'm using it as a scratch pad. So, you know, food for thought yeah drafts purgatory yeah and then if you if you need like a notebook a digital notebook maybe look at something like evernote 
or good mm-hmm. notes um or even even notion you know if notion does work as a as a good notebook it's it's actually when you were talking about storing you know your insurance stuff that's a great use for it Store, storing your vin number your insurance number you know i look into the security make sure it's exactly what you want um but having that information on hand you know otherwise store it in one password store it in a secure note in one password so you have it on hand yeah. if you ever mm-hmm. need it yeah right um, all right, so we can talk about notes for a very long time. There's some great options there for you to check out. And like Harry said, just sit down and think about what your use case is before you go and try something out. Yeah. Um, but for now, I would like to talk about documents and files. But before we move on to documents and files, Harry, um, could you please tell us about this week's sponsor? Yes, our sponsor this week is NetSuite. If you're a business owner, you know that running a business is tough, but you might be making it harder on yourself than necessary. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. It's time to upgrade to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place instantaneously. Whether you're Doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com homework. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com homework in all caps. Again, that's netsuite.com homework, H-O-M-E-W-O-R-K, all caps. Thank you to NetSuite for sponsoring this week's episode. Thank you so much, NetSuite. Great to have them back. Absolutely. All Let's right, move documents. on to documents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> documents and files. There are lots of options. Um, number one is Hazel for us, and it has to be because it's just so, um, what's what I want to say? If automation is your thing, yes, Hazel is a solution for you. You can do things automatically like filing, emptying the trash. Um, I know our friend David Sparks has a Hazel set up to go through his downloads folder periodically. That place loves to um, become a stockpile of who the heck knows what. Yes, um, and, Hazel is a great way to start. And if you get a chance, get his field guide on Hazel. It's full of tips and tricks on how to how to really make it work for you. And use the Hazel forums as well. There's a, a whole section for people to just post their, they call them recipes. So ways to automate Hazel to do the things you need. So for example, like I said on last week's episode, when I have a receipt, when I download a receipt, I make sure the word receipt is in it. It's usually at the end of mm-hmm. it. And it will automatically, Hazel will look for that word and then automatically file it into a folder on iCloud Drive where I keep all my receipts. Um, you can also set up, um, like Dave said, automatic trash emptying. When my trash hits a gigabyte, it clears it, it just empties everything out, and I don't have to touch it. Um, I actually, set, oh man, that's great. I set up a Hazel rule. So, what it does is I've been following, um, I think I talked about this on the last episode. I, I follow this um, woman on YouTube. She's a uh, bass player. Um, her name is Julia Plays Groove, and she um, covers she not even covers. She basically invents bass lines for these really great songs. And so I've been downloading the videos and converting them to MP3, and then importing them into Apple Music. And Hazel does that for me. So I'll download it with Downey, and then it automatically converts it to an MP3. Hazel looks into my downloads folder for any MP3 auto imports it into music and then deletes the file out of the downloads folder and I don't touch it. Oh my gosh. 
It's great. That's, that's excellent. Yep. And same thing with DMGs. If I download an application, it looks in the downloads folder, opens the DMG, unpacks it, moves the application into the applications folder, deletes the uh, DMG file, and then ejects the installer. Very, uh, all for you. You don't have to do a darn thing. Yep. Yep, that is lovely. If you don't want to get, just yeah, if you don't want to do Hazel, because I think it's about $40, if you don't want to spend that right now, you can mm -hmm. do some of this stuff with smart folders in Finder right away. It's built in. So you set up rules for for the Finder, the smart folders, and you can say, look for all um, all files with a .doc extension that were made between this date and this date and put them into this folder. And, you know, if you're someone who's working on a project and you want to keep everything in one space, maybe you set up a smart folder to pick up any, any document or file from a certain place that um, – between you know the month of January or the the days of January first and January thirty first, and it all consolidates into one folder. You know, it, Apple do, did build in a lot of these things into Finder. Um, there's also Automator, which is built into every Mac still. It gives you a little mm -hmm. bit of automation. You can do batch processing, like converting photos uh, from one format to another or documents from one format to another. I used to do um, batch renames of files. So I would take a folder full of files and just rename them one through whatever the last one was, one, two, three, four, five, six, and did it through Automator. And it just did it automatically. So nice. it's it's another way to to automate a lot of the document processing you might have to do. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely spend time playing with smart folders. Um, it might be the tool that's just sitting there uh, that you haven't played with. And with a little bit of fiddling or an afternoon of fooling around, um, it solves a problem for you. Um, I know that I overlooked smart folders for a very long time. And once I started diving into it, I was I was really glad I did. Yeah, and there's a new feature in, uh, I think it started in Catalina, but it's also in Big Sur. If, you, if you're someone who saves everything to the desktop, there is a new feature in uh, Mac OS 11 now um, called, I want to say use stacks. And so what you can do is anything you download to the desktop, if it's a document, it'll automatically put it in a stack of do other documents, or it'll put a, a, all your images in a stack of images and it just cleans up mm -hmm. and tidies up your desktop. So you don't, you know, when you clear your, your windows that you have open and you go back to your desktop, you don't see this just massive field of, of random icons. Cause I've seen that and it's <laughs> horrifying. Yeah. I, um, turn stacks on right away and I've I've never gone back. It's just terrific. Yep. The only the only problem I run into is if I it, it'll make a an image stack and a screenshot stack. And uh, I've I'll admit I've let them get to the point where they when I open it, it takes over the whole screen. Mm -hmm. And if you accidentally have both of them open, then you can't close either. Oh, fun. <laughs> so you have to start like just grabbing stuff and throwing it into the trash until there's enough to reveal the button that allows you to close the stack. <laughs> That's funny. But don't do that, folks. It's no fun. Stay on top of don't your stuff. Don't be bad. Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe there's a hazel rule in that. You know, any any screenshots on my desktop that are older than 30 days, get rid of them. Dave, you there? I'm here. Oh, okay. I lost you. Yeah, just ditch it. Well, we could talk about out. Um, sorry. Well, we could talk about cloud storage. We could talk about cloud storage. You know, they, you you got to put your files somewhere, and so you got to put your files somewhere. Don't put them on your hard drive for Pete's sake, because then you can't have them ubiquitously, and they aren't backed up. No, and and we you know we should talk about backups at the end of this. Um, but you know you need you need some sort of storage. I would highly recommend using, if not a combination of Dropbox and iCloud Drive, pick one. Um, if you're on a Mac, if you have a whole Mac ecosystem, you're on, you know, you've got a MacBook, you've got an iPhone, an iPad, and an Apple Watch, 
iCloud Drive might be the best option for you. It's built into every Mac. Mm -hmm. It comes with storage. I think it's it's like five five uh, gigabytes, which isn't a whole lot. Um, but you can pay for more. Um, I'm on the their Ultra plan, so I get like two terabytes of storage, and I also get a subscription to Apple Fitness Plus and Apple Music and and Apple News Plus and all that other stuff. Um, it's like the super ultra mega plan. Yeah, and it, it but it gives you a whole bunch of family storage for your photos, for your files. So that's what I'm using and. Um, I'm really enjoying iCloud Drive. It's just, it's nice. It's built in. I don't have to worry about it. It's, it's one less thing I have to install. Um, I do have mm -hmm. Dropbox. Uh, Dropbox is ubiquitous. Everyone uses it. Um, and I, I would say if you're going to transfer files or send people links to download files that you have, Dropbox is probably the best way to do it. The Apple does offer iCloud uh, folder sharing, but it's still sort of wonky, I think. And it's, if you don't have iCloud, then, you know, if the other person doesn't have iCloud, it's not really going to help you. Um, so I would say, you know, Dropbox, it's pretty easy to get a lot of storage. It's not expensive. I think it's $10 a month for two terabytes. It's it's pretty cheap. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's everyone uses it. Dropbox is great, too. Um, and then there's like Microsoft OneDrive. If you are if you work in an office, most of the time, that's what they're going to use. They're going to use OneDrive. It's mm -hmm. all cloud storage is essentially the same. I mean, it really is. It, it pick one. So yeah, you know, really, the, they all pretty much do the same thing slightly differently, but the same thing. Yeah, the, I think the, the big thing, what I like about iCloud Drive is it automatically um, syncs up my documents folder and my desktop. So if I am on my iPhone and I, f I forgot like, oh, no, there's just a file on my desktop I need and I, I'm not at my computer right now. I can go into my phone or my iPad and pull it out anyway because it's on my desktop and it's all automatically synced to iCloud Drive. So that's great. Yeah. But it's the same thing. That you... very thing has saved my bacon several times. Yep. Like, oh, that thing's on my desktop at home. Darn it. And then it hits me. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I can just open the iCloud app on my phone and it's there it so is. It's so handy. And you know, if you're using Dropbox, it's the same thing. If you drag it into Dropbox and you have it on your phone, you have it on your iPad, you have it on your, yep. your computer, you can get it. So, you know... That's basically, I don't store anything on my hard drive anymore that isn't an app. You know, everything yeah, goes into yeah. the cloud. So I always mm -hmm, have it. Same here. We should talk about passwords. And Harry, before we get into talking about passwords, I want to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Should I allow my web browser to save my passwords? No, you should not. You should never allow your web browser to save your passwords. Yes, it is. Never? No, never. Uh, no, no, don't. Never, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> that mm -hmm. one we can sing because uh, the, the statute of... Um, uh copyright has run out on that one so, that's right it's but, free but no you should never store your your passwords in the browser and i'll tell you why because if someone gets a hold of your computer if someone gets a hold of uh like a, if they install a key logger on your computer or um they can you know hack in there mm -hmm. are security precautions being taken by apple and google and things and so mm -hmm. um but i was just reading there's an i'll include an article in the the show notes you know there's a way to unhash a password in safari using the the developer console that's built in you can view the source of a page and change one thing and suddenly see the password that goes to a specific website so mm -hmm. i would say if you're going to save your passwords save it in a password manager do not save it in the browser yeah because they all have or at least all the ones i can think of plugins for your browser yeah they they do i i use one password on a daily basis in fact i've been updating all my passwords using one password uh generator and so mm -hmm. everything is automatically saved and synced up to one password and it's the same thing as dropbox or icloud drive i have it on my phone i have it on my ipad so i always have my passwords with me yeah super super helpful i i use remember as people might know 
it's sort of like one password. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to call it one password light, but it does all the things you would want to do. It saves password. You just remember the one master password. You can save credit cards. You can save secure notes. Um, I love it. It's super great. Um, LastPass is another option that I don't have a lot of experience with. Have you tried LastPass, Harry? I used it several years ago, and then they sort of went enterprise mainly. So um, they're oh, okay. They're mostly focused on offices and companies. They're they're not really. I think they do consumer level stuff, but their primary their bread and butter is offices. So I haven't been using it for a long, long time. I'm a one password customer. Mm-hmm. Speaking of one password, the only time you want to use one password is with the main password or the master password for something like one password to remember. Right. You don't want to use the same password over and over again. Right. So you want to use a password that you don't use anywhere else as your one password or your remember password. You want mm-hmm. to, you know, something unique because I had a, a situation recently where I one password told me and Safari has told me as well uh, that um, I had my Twitter password saved in the browser and it said your password has been seen in a breach and has is been visible on the web so you should change it and so i went into one password and i saw that i had used that password on about 76 websites which is not good <laughs> do as i say not as right. i do so yeah. <laughs> i went into one password and i've been going into one password every day and i do about 10 to 15 a day and i go in and i update those passwords to a unique password every single website now up to the letter j uses a unique encrypted password that uh, will encrypt it in, in one password, I should say, um, a unique password that if it's seen in a breach, I only have to change that one website and I don't have to remember it because one password remembers it for me. So, right. That's the best part. Uh, yeah. It's not something I have to worry about remembering. It's not something I have to worry about getting lost in a leak because if it does end up in a leak, I'll know exactly which website leaked it and I can change that one thing and I don't have to go through this whole hassle of going to 76 different websites to change it again. Right. I mean, honestly, I know people always say it's so cliche to say if you take one thing away from this, but honestly, folks, if you take one thing out of this episode, it's start to use a password manager. Yes, it will. They, oh. they, it's, it's on a subscription now. So it used to be you, you bought one password and you would use it until they updated it again. But it's on a, a, a yearly subscription fee. I want to say it's like 20 or $30 a year, which is a steal for what it provides. So you. worth it. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I don't use it just for passwords. I use it for software licenses. I use it for secure notes. If you want to save that, mm-hmm. that insurance information or your medical information and you want to have it handy, but you don't want it out in the cloud on something like drafts or um, in mm-hmm. an Apple note where anyone can get to it, put it in a secure note in one password or, or something similar where it's hidden behind a, a vaulted password. Agree. All right, Harry, Whew, this is a long episode. Should we move on to bits and bobs? Yeah, we should. So, um, you know, using clean my Mac, it does more than just uninstall applications. It also purges your system of cruft like logs and caches and the things mm-hmm. as you use applications, as you surf the web, you build up all of this clutter that you don't see, mm-hmm. but it's it's affecting how um yeah. I'm going through puberty. It's affecting all those <laughs> it's affecting how all those foreign language files. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Although you know I'm never going to speak Esperanto, so I got rid of it. <laughs> and so what what it does is it goes through and it clears all that stuff out for you. And I freed up nine, 10 gigabytes in a in a clip because I hadn't run it in a long time. But I had been surfing the web and using apps and it had built mm-hmm. up all of this stuff. Um, so yeah, that's, I highly recommend getting clean my Mac. Um, even if you subscribe for one year and you use it for one year, you know, it's going to be the best year of your life with your Mac because it's just going to, it's going to keep you fresh and clean. Fresh and clean. Speaking of fresh and clean, uh, we can keep the physical devices fresh and clean. 
Yes, absolutely. Get a microfiber cloth. I would stay away from the sprays and things. There, you never know. What yeah, they make me nervous. Yeah, you know, really, nothing is is better than water, uh, and even then, limited amounts. Put it in a, a spray bottle with a spritzer, so you're not like dumping water right onto your screen or anything. Avoid the keyboard. <laughs> um, but really, a microfiber cloth like you would use to clean your glasses should be enough. Um, and also, I like the, especially because I have a mechanical keyboard now, the compressed air, the the um, the duster, the tss. So, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. use that, spray out, turn it upside down, puff out all the stuff that might have fallen into your keyboard, um, keep that fresh and clean. Um, and then one thing I, I'm really a fan of is text expander as a, a cleaning tool. And what that does is allows me to clean up the, for example, if you're a, a coder and you have lorem ipsum text that you use all the time for your your web uh, websites or, or whatever you're using, put it in text expander and you use a little macro and have it type out the lorem ipsum, and then you can delete whatever word file you had saving it. You know, it gets it right. it gets it out of your brain. Uh, our episode with Jeff Gamet, it was number two twenty five. He had so many great tips in there on how to use text yeah. expander to its fullest potential, and even then he didn't scratch yeah. the surface. Like there's so many things you can do with it we didn't touch. Definitely go back and listen to that episode. Text Expander is just the top of my list of of useful tools. I love a tool that is useful. And my goodness, Text Expander is everything from words I commonly misspell. I'll put in there. Names. Like, uh, People's names. Yeah. For some reason, when I type iPhone, I can't get my finger off the shift key quick enough after doing the P. Mm -hmm. So it always comes out small I, big P, big H. And I do that so consistently that I just set up a trigger for it so it replaces it. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> oh, and, and especially if you have um, – it, it automatically converts um, ADN. If I type AND the wrong way, it will automatically flip it back to A-N-D. Right. T-E-H becomes yep. the – Exactly. And So good. And if you have – if you're always typing like iPhone, which has a weird capitalization, or Set App, which has a, a weird capitalization – I have it set up where if I just type S-E-T-A-P-P, -A it'll just automatically camel case S and A the way it's supposed to be. I don't have to worry mm -hmm. about hitting shift or anything. It, you know, Text Expander saves me a ton of time uh, by just taking it all off of my brain. <laughs> yes, right. Letting you do the work. That's that's the whole beauty. It lets you do your work. It, lets, it, it worries about the fiddly stuff for you. Yep. Oh, Harry, this is a mammoth of an episode. Backups. And one real quick, we should do backups. Uh oh, Harry, what is wrong with me? Did I skip backups? I we it was not part of the document, and that was my fault. I didn't Ooh, get to finish. Okay, so, that's okay. I thought maybe I was having some sort of brain attack. So, you know, if you're going to do digital backups like Carbonite or you know, a, a service that you pay, they install something on your computer and they automatically back it up. I use Time Machine, mm -hmm. so every couple of weeks, and I should do it more often, but every couple of weeks I plug in a hard drive to my Mac. And I just let it sit overnight, and it automatically backs up my Mac as I'm sleeping. And then I wake up, I eject it, I put it away somewhere safe in the fire safe box or something, and I don't have to worry about it. Um, you know, do something like that. Have a couple of hard drives with your backups on it if you're if you're mm -hmm. using physical. Make sure that you keep one in a place where you do not live. Uh, keep it at the office. Keep it at a, a friend's house or a relative's house who lives nearby, um, so that God forbid something happens and you know you lose everything, you won't lose that data. Um, so yeah, it, it, the, the old rule with backup is three is two, two is one, one is none, which means if you have three backups, you really have two because one's always going to fail. If you have two backups, one, you really only have one because two or one is going to fail. And if you have one backup of something, you don't have any backups and don't rely on cloud storage only. So don't use Dropbox as your backup solution. It's not going to be reliable. True. And I think that covers it. 
<laughs> I think that covers it. Another great episode. Um, lots of good stuff here. If you want to look at all the ex- show notes for this episode, which will be extensive, you can go to 5by5.tv slash homework slash 260 to get uh, links to everything we talked about today. Again, if you want to join the Discord to listen to us record the podcast live every week and maybe take part if you want, you can find that link in the show notes if you have something that you want to share with us via email, if that's more your thing. You can send a message to heyhomeworkpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to learn more about Harry, you can do so by going to linktr.ee slash hcmarks. And Dave, your URL is slash Dave Kalo over at the link tree. You can find everything. And hey, before we go, uh, if Dungeons and Dragons and role-playing games are your jam, my side gig is exactly that. Go to tabletophero.net, your library for custom and usable monsters, adventures, and more for Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Excellent. And I've started writing the second season of The Shelf Life, my other podcast. So, yep. uh, it's so funny. I got a review on, it's a site called Podbean. It's a, it's a podcast aggregator rate ranker thing. People can follow oh. different shows and I got a review on it. And the guy was like, why would you use a live studio audience in the background? I can't understand what's going on. I hate it. This is a terribly written show. And I couldn't help, but just laugh the entire time I was reading it. That's awesome. Because like on the, you somehow, yeah. like you assembled 35 people in a room. Yep. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> And what's hilarious is on the other side, on Apple, I have someone saying, you know, I, in a review, it was a five-star review, and they were like, you know, I gave it a try on the first episode. I didn't quite like it, and then I went back, and then I realized I loved it, and I, I can't get enough of it, and I can't wait for season two. So, you know, if you're if you're making something out there, just know, you know, for every one person who's a schmuck who hates it, there are like ten people out there who love it and just keep going. <laughs> yes, what I learned when I was um, editor at the unofficial Apple web blog back in my AOL tech days is um, commenters are the people who leave a comment are the vast, the minority. Yeah. Um, and most people leave a comment because they hate, hate something. Yes. So we guess somewhere between 10 and 20% of readers actually leave a comment. Um, so don't be discouraged when you get one or two and 50% of them are your work sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> because it's... there's 95% of people who, think this is great and just don't say anything yeah it's the yelp principle you know so you're going to go on yelp if you had a bad experience at a restaurant and they're going to right. leave a, a nasty review but the person who had the most perfect experience at a restaurant isn't going to say anything because they had right such a great better time. than grandma's meatloaf yep exactly so just keep Plus going grandma might see that and then you get in trouble so don't Gra- do that grandma doesn't have a computer <laughs> you're right she doesn't know what yelp is she just watches cnn like my dad 24 hours a day Oh, boy. Bees and Cable News. That was episode 260. Hey, thanks for listening, folks. We really appreciate it. Um, If you do want to leave us a star rating or a review, an Apple podcast or wherever you listen to the show, please do. It really helps out a whole lot. And thank you to NetSuite for sponsoring this week's episode. And in the meantime, go get some work done. Bye.